You're listening to The Poncho Section, conversations about all things media and Mel Brooks. It's a podcast. And here's your hosts, Michael Canfer and Ethan Feldstein. On today's episode of The Poncho Section, we have guest Beyonce. <laughs> and we will talk about all of the halos and the lemonades and other songs that Beyonce sang that I can't think of right now. How dare you, single ladies. <laughs> so, oh, single <laughs> ladies. the most important one. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's like the biggest one, right? That, I think that is the biggest one. No, uh, Lemonade was you lemonade? Know, her manifesto. Le- so. Oh, think so. excuse me. So... Welcome to the podcast, JP Beyonce. Thank you for having me. I'm here against my will. <laughs> <laughs> that makes us sound bad. Yeah. That makes us sound like bad people. Yeah. <laughs> but by the time people hear this, it'll be too late. I mean, well, that's getting that's getting dark. Yeah. Maybe we should switch gears here. Switch gears. Should we talk about Broadway musicals? Maybe. I mean, okay. yeah. I mean, yes, we should. But I will, should we talk about what's going on outside here? Is do you think that's all right? What's about, going on outside? Oh, about what they're filming. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's fine, right? I think we could talk about right? that. Because we just saw it and we're just like we kind of guesstimating here. Yeah. And it caused me to search for over like an hour and a half for a parking spot. Yeah. JP, yeah. did you see what was going on? No, I'm not really. I know what is going on in retrospect, but yeah. if, I, if I even walked past it, I'm not the target demographic, so I would have been like, whatever. Right, right. I, yeah, I mean, I've never... So I've seen this actor, his name's John Bernthal. Yeah. Right? Some, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, he was filming something outside here, and we think it was The Punisher, the mm-hmm. like the Marvel the show, yeah, on Netflix, right? Yeah, I've actually never seen like any of those. Types oh, really? Of shows. Oh, it's no, incredible. I've only I've only recently seen like the superhero movies, like the Avenger, the new Avengers one, and I went back and watched like Guardians of the Galaxy. JB's definitely nodding his head. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I hadn't I hadn't seen these, and uh, and. Yeah, so that's really it was pretty cool seeing a, a famous person. Yeah, in in our in our hood, they're just yeah. like us, really. Yeah, yeah. he was wearing a, like some stuff for the show, and then after he was done, he put on a regular T-shirt, just like it. And every day, so and so. They film a lot of stuff here in Australia. When I first yeah. moved here, I was walking down like right through something Sasha Mamet was filming, and I was like, "That's weird." And they're also like not super secure about it. Like I could, I was like <laughs> just walking right past her, and she was like, "Fuck this, fuck that." You can oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the internet. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like a year later on Girls, I'm like, is that is that where I sit and eat my lunch every day? <laughs> is that my sushi place? And so was it? Yeah, it was. Amazing. Sorry, I buried the lead there. And then my best friend, right around from his apartment, they filmed a bunch of Daredevil and. Oh, so maybe okay. they, they're doing like the Marvel movies around yeah. here. Well, Spider Man, because Spider Man's right. Queens, right. I think it's just because they're like houses here. Yeah. And the, mm-hmm. like Queens is so big and spread out that like. It's, you can get space and it looks like a neighborhood. Yeah, that's well, true. Didn't you say that they filmed like the first episode of Master of None like right around here? Oh yeah, they the, Dragon Phoenix. Yeah, Dragon and Phoenix, the the Chinese food restaurant right by the train. Oh, they filmed there. Yeah, there was uh, an episode of Master of None where um, Aziz was doing something with the kids. Like, he had to watch somebody's kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay. And they walked right by Dragon and Phoenix. And I think they went into a, a restaurant, and I'm not sure if it was actually in a story that they went into the restaurant, or they were just trying to make it look like it is in a story, a restaurant, but they filmed it somewhere else. Yeah. And, uh, like, they had some issue with, like, getting the kids into the bathroom and something like that. Oh, right, I remember this. But, yeah, that was, I think, one of, like, the first episodes of Master of None. It was like, whoa, what the holy shit. 
I mean, yeah, we go there. They do film a lot here. They film Orange is the New Black here. Yeah. A, a lot of it. Well, well yeah, the studio, mm-hmm. but like there's also the flashback scenes. Spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't seen the first season of Orange is the New Black, <laughs> but Red is walking through. She's like oh, with her yeah. group of friends and they're walking through Astoria Park. <laughs> yeah. And they have, and she has a restaurant too that's like right across yeah. the street from like the Dittmars mm-hmm. stop. Yeah. It's like on 31st Street. I actually saw the actress that plays Chang. Oh, Go, yeah, coming yeah, off yeah. the train once. This, which I yeah. think is a coolest sighting. It by was the, way. the funniest thing because she's like five foot nothing. Yeah. And she like, I guess you know how she kind of has that like, I don't know what you would call it, like a pensive kind of look on the show. Mm. She still had that just walking around. Yeah. And I, I just remember seeing her walk by and me and the guy in front of me both like did like a double take and like stared back and then like looked at each other just like, huh. Yeah. Well, I think okay. she's the best one on that show, too. Oh, she's, she's great. the best character. Do you watch this? Yes, of course. Okay, yeah. good. I'm not an invalid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I waited on Natasha Leon actually, several years ago, like when the show first came out. She's very wonderful. She's a great tipper. Oh, snap. Um, oh, that's yeah. good. All right. Good to know. All, All right. right. So, well, this is, this. I can kind of segue into this. Do it up. Because I've seen a lot of, like, famous people at Broadway shows. Hey, You see them, like, you know, sitting around. And when I saw, this must have been, I'll say close to 10 years ago, I saw the show Hair, I guess when they revived yeah, it. Yeah, 2009, so nine years ago. Oh, wow, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was close. Yeah, and at the end of the show, you can go up on stage and like dance with mm-hmm. the cast. So we went up, uh, me and my sister, and Tracy Ullman like came up. And oh, so we were just like hanging out and we were start talking to Tracy Ullman. <laughs> and she was really nice. That's pretty and cool. And that's the end of that story. And but, she's a Broadway vet. Or I guess I, mean, I guess at that point, maybe she hadn't done, but now she's done Falsettos, and she did. Mm-hmm. she's in the final cast of Rent. So. Oh, that's yeah, cool. I think um, a lot of uh, like what we think as celebrities and like Hollywood people, mm-hmm. um, you know, get their start out in, in theater because, yeah. you know, when you're in high school and you're interested in acting or performing or what, there's not like a community film studio. It's the community <laughs> theater, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And um, especially nowadays with, um, you know, there's a lot, um, it's a lot less compartmentalized, I think. Like in London, this is very, very common. It's like you're not a theater actor or a film actor or a television actor. You're just an actor and you kind of just sort of. Um, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like everyone does everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, probably because London is the epicenter of, you know, sort of all of the arts as opposed to we have. New York, LA, Chicago, Boston, Atlanta, oh, even now. True. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, when I was in high school, it was like, I was a Broadway fan and nobody knew who I was talking about at all. But as opposed <laughs> to now, you know, you can watch, you know, with like Glee and Smash, like there's all of this crossover now. And so yeah. I feel like you see a lot of, I see a lot of my favorite Broadway people doing television and film and to like support their theater habit. So yeah. I think there's a lot of crossover there. That's very cool. Yeah, I know that there's a lot of those uh, British dudes that are like Shakespearean trained. Right. Like overseas. Like I think Patrick like what, Stewart. Patrick Stewart as I think of and yeah. Ian McClellan. Yeah, well, they're, they're big Shakespeare oh, guys. Yeah. And I also think it's relatively new to have like in a, and I could be totally talking out of my ass right now, but I think it's relatively new to have like training in film and television. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know, uh, Adam Driver is a great example from girls and and star wars and stuff but he was trained at juilliard and it's like we we don't train people to be on hbo and in films we train <laughs> people to be in the classics and how does that apply yeah to how does doing you know check off apply to doing lena denham yeah and more maze than one well what was it da- david tennant he's my favorite uh doctor of doctor who and he's shakespearean trained so 
I've, I've listened to this podcast a lot. It's called The Run Fancast, and they talk about uh, a lot. They go through a lot of the episodes of Doctor Who, and they're specifically on David Tennant's episodes right now. And they keep bringing up like, oh yeah, you can really tell like he just it just the way he says something or the way he like looks as he's saying this thing you could tell he it's his shakespearean training is like coming out and it's interesting when you have that kind of like i guess you're saying crossover like yeah you have the crossover from the the stage onto the screen and i would say it's safe to you know a lot of people say about dancers that um if you if you can dance ballet you can dance anything just because of the sort of well, obviously the technique is, is specific and, and, and in ballet there's considered a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. There's not much room for interpretation. Um, but it just, you know, if you have that technique and if you have that discipline, you can dance any style. And I think it would probably be safe to assume that that could be applied to Shakespeare. It, it, the language is so specific and mm-hmm. the sort of vernacular you have to learn to communicate to an audience ideas that they might not otherwise understand because the language is so heightened. I think then you could probably just do anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting how much it's changed over the years too. Cause if you look back at like Alec Guinness back in the day, Oh yeah. He was in, well, he, well, he was in star Wars, but he was also <laughs> in, um, God, what's the guy's name? The David lean movies, the, um, bridge on the river Kwai oh, okay. and Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like if you look at him, like then, like the style of acting just seems so different to me. Like, cause I guess he was, like a Shakespearean actor that like he was like a big deal at the time and like him being in Star Wars was like a really weird thing apparently <laughs> because it just seemed like so out of place but like if you go back and watch like I mean he's an example but like any older movie like the style of acting just seems really different than yeah it is for today. sure I think we're just getting and I mean I don't I don't see enough movies or you know see enough television but I just think we're like steering and to a direction of more naturalism. Yeah, you know that, what I that's mean? the best sure. way to put it. And I guess that's just because we have such access to each other's lives now with social yeah. media, so we want to see uh-huh. real people. That's yeah, well, if Because if, like, if like, someone like Alec Guinness was like around today, like I feel like people wouldn't take it seriously, or he wouldn't be... I don't even want to like he wouldn't be maybe an A-list actor if he was like doing that style still because it would just seem so like out of place. Mm-hmm. But like maybe because he was like well trained and like maybe he would have adapted. Right. Like, I'm always curious about that if like you're in a different era like how you would have like adapted. It's like what's considered like I guess normal now. And I, I yeah I, th- I guess that would I would assume that would always fall back on quality training whether it's yeah. like traditional conservatory training or or through a mentor or um, whatever because. You know, even even today we have like very very stylized pieces, and you know, just to, you know, speaking in the theater, um, you know, there still are. I look at like Thoroughly Modern Millie, which came out in two thousand two, but mm-hmm. you know, had this um, was set in the twenties and had this very stylized like golden age Broadway musical style. We call it a pastiche, and um, you know, but. Sutton Foster, who became a household name in that, did this big flashy musical in this like very, very specific style. And, you know, everyone talked in that sort of like weird mid-Atlantic affected accent Mm -hmm, then. Um, But then goes on to do something like Violet, which is so quiet and so specific. And, you know, she did an interview. She wore no makeup. They asked her to wash her hair once a week, you know. Oh, damn. Um, There was very little set. And so, you know, I think that just falls back on on training and, and... what the text 
asks of you and that's all oh, I just fell asleep saying that um, <laughs> no. what the text asks of you um, to bring in that particular style so. yeah definitely and so what why do you guys like think people choose to go see Broadway like what is what is the appeal of seeing musicals or plays or yeah well what's uh, what's your preference well I guess both you guys like plays or musicals oh that's interesting I feel like I've seen a lot more musicals yeah. than I have plays yeah um, I feel like one reason to go see like a musical or, or a Broadway show up as opposed to like the movies or whatever, it's kind of that reason you go see a concert, like a live concert is it's that live kind of experience. There's just some sort of like, um, I, I, don't, no, I don't think primitive is the right word, but there's like some sort of, I don't know experience that you get like you're with, a part of it or something right right yeah yeah, yeah you kind of like feel the person up on stage as opposed to like you don't really have as big of a, a visceral connection with some seeing somebody in, in a, a movie not that you can't get that experience yeah, it's different but yeah it's definitely you get that live kind of atmosphere in that sense so i definitely have seen more musicals mm. than plays um but i don't know if i could say which one i prefer i definitely like the more i would say um where they kind of like have an acted scene and then they sing as opposed to... You don't like the like. I don't the like operas. the constant kind of singing throughout it as if like... Like I saw Miss Saigon mm-hmm. and that the whole time they like they're singing... It's sung through musical. Right, it's sung through. Yeah they, yeah, they don't have... Every single conversation is still sung. So that felt a little jarring Is that to what me. it's called? Is it just called like a sung through musical? Or? Yeah, I, that's I guess what how I would refer to yeah. it. Yeah. You know, some people might call it an operetta which i don't know if is yeah is i said that but it like doesn't make e- make sense to me even so yeah. like sung through sounds better right so <laughs> like for that exa- example i prefer the where they kind of just ha- if they would have a normal conversation and then sing kind of like their emotions a or traditional whatever book musical if you yeah will. all right yeah there you go <laughs> um to answer the question about why we go see theater. There's this really, really great, I encourage anybody listening to um, Google, I think it's called Leading Ladies. It's an American theater wing panel. It's up on YouTube. Um, But B.B. Newworth says this really, really interesting thing when she's talking about going out to the stage door and talking to um, like the fans, which Mm. sort of has like, especially in the age of the selfie, sort of has a checkered reputation. But she says, she says, um, you know, a theater performance is active. It's not oh, and there happen to be people in the seats tonight. And like, surprise. You know, a performer gives a performance and an audience receives a performance. And she mm. goes on to say that there's, there is like sort of a kinetic metaphysical exchange, which I, I think is really true. And especially with um, like really, really great theater, like when you're sitting on the edge of your seat, you do sort of feel like um, an active participant. Like I know that there are some directors who are saying, oh, we just, we want to take a little snapshot. And it's like as if, you know, you're the fly in the wall to this experience. But I don't, I don't know if that makes the most fulfilling piece. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. when you treat your audience as, as the invisible scene partner, I think that's um, much more affecting. Um, I also think theater is, you know, we call it live performance, but I almost think that's too, it doesn't, you know, c- totally convey what going to the theater is because I think it's more alive. You know, mm-hmm. these performers do these shows eight times a week for, you know, most contracts start out at a year. And just the nature of the beast, it's always a little bit different because the temperature of the audience is different. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you come on stage with everything that happened to you that day, or there's an understudy on, or, or 
you know, you couldn't do that one thing you did right before you came on stage. And so everything is just slightly different and you can never recreate, recreate the same performance. You know, you have to work within the skeleton of it, of course, but everything is just like a different temperature. You were saying um, earlier, you're like, oh, I have to go back through my memory of of shows, I think. And I think that's kind of like the final reason that I love to go to theater is it's, it's not committed to, well, you know, with the live musicals, it's a little different now, but it's going to the live experience almost feels like a little bit of a treasure. It's like, well, this was mine. I yeah, saw this yeah. performance. And so some of my favorite performances, my favorite performances are like, you know, I saw the last performance that Sutton Foster did of Anything Goes. That was super, you know, incredible. I saw um, the first performance she ever did of Violet or I saw, uh, and you know, those things you can't, you could have gone see that, sh- that particular production, but like those moments are like, well, no one else got to see those except the other 1,100 people in the theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and as opposed to whether I like musicals or plays myself, I generally favor musicals just because I'm a musical person. But I think a real like I think it was last season or maybe the season before Significant Other, um, Josh Harmon's play with Gideon Glick was probably the best one of the best pieces of theater I've ever seen. But I just think that when you're dealing with a musical, it's hard to compare because you get an extra set of vocabulary and sometimes too you know Jerome Robbins I think it was famously said it's like the reason we do musicals is because when when you just don't have the words to articulate your feelings anymore you sing and when mm-hmm. you can't sing anymore you dance and it's like so we're we get two more languages to speak in musicals so oh, that's an interesting way to look at it yeah how do you feel about like the comedy musicals I feel like that's been a bigger thing maybe in like the last 10 years like like the producers uh spam a lot Avenue Q, yeah. Book, of Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon, yeah. I think, I mean, listen, I love to laugh. I Tiffany Haddish always says, she's like, I should have been a dentist. I love to see people's teeth. And I'm like, girl, I get you. Um, <laughs> but I think they're, I think they're great. I think, yeah. and I think especially with the way the world is today, there is nothing better than going into a dark theater with strangers and like, being somewhere else for two and a half hours and laughing for two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I yeah. like obviously as a child of the theater and, and, and somebody who had exposure to all of that have a like biased view of it, but I think it's necessary for the soul. I mean, like yeah. just like it nourishes a part of you that I don't think anything else does. Definitely. Um, and so, and I think back to like hairspray in 2002 is like, yeah was like this huge massive hit like right after 9-11 and of course I wasn't in the city during that time but a lot of people are like credited it with sort of revitalizing the theater scene because you know Broadway shows were closing left and right because who wanted to leave their apartment during that time yeah right? that's true but it was just such a big splashy fun joyous celebratory musical and I yeah. think that's exactly what people needed you know what yeah. I mean I, I really liked Hairspray I, I think Wait, so that came out in like 2002? 2002, I believe, is... Um, I guess I saw it later, but it must have still been going. Yeah, 2002, 2003, like early 2000s, for sure. Yeah. Um, it ran for some time, didn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, well, m- musicals... Yeah, um, on average, I don't know how long... It's changed. When yeah. I was in high school, like, long-running shows were just kind of a given. But yeah. I think as ticket prices are skyrocketing, that's a thing, yeah. it's like... I think it was it was either actually the producers or the original Miss Saigon that was the mm. first production to um, have tickets go over a hundred dollars. Oh, you know, for Hamilton now, the premium seats are a thousand. It's so, insane. So <laughs> as ticket prices go up, and and our uh, sort of 
technological advancements um, continue to grow. I think shows just kind of top each other because, you know, especially with tourists, they only have so much, they were only seeing one Broadway show on our visit Mm -hmm. and they kind of want to see their money at work. I mean, you go see Wicked, it starts off with the monkeys flying over the audience. It's like, I can see my money at work. You know, you you go see something like Miss Saigon in the helicopter, I can see my money at work. As opposed to like, you know, some of that really, really great theater that's just a little quieter, like what we were talking about with film. Yeah. It's just like a little bit more quieter. It's still telling a really compelling story, but it's it's just um, doing it in a different voice, you know? Yeah. What are you going to spend $350 on? Right. So. Yeah. I feel like there's a couple, like the Lion King's been running for a long time because yeah. that's like a big tourist attraction for mm-hmm. bring their kids. and. I mean, Phantom of the Opera is still on. and it's the that, longest running Broadway show. That one, yeah. And for, I guess that must be a tourist attraction too, maybe? I would assume so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been several years since mm-hmm. I've seen it yeah. myself. But like, yeah, and that also comes with prestige. I mean, oh, we saw the longest running Broadway show yeah. when we were in New York. And like, yeah. and the chandelier crashes. Yeah, and it's, they, it's you fun. Know. I mean, I loved that when I saw it. I mean, Do you guys yeah. uh, remember what your first show was? I sure do. I'm embarrassed to say. <laughs> I really am. Um, um, I, my first Broadway show was uh, Wicked in 2004, which is um, oh. a very basic answer. <laughs> um, but anybody who came yeah. of age during that time can attest to how... It was, It was. you know, I call it a gateway musical for me because it, uh, like Les Mis must have been for, you know, people who came of age in the 90s. But mm-hmm. I was obsessed with it. I knew every word of the cast recording. I sang it every day for two years. God bless my mother <laughs> for listening to it. But yeah, it was just like, we sat like very, very close on the on um, stage right. And Shoshana Bean was my first alpha. And, and yeah, it was just like, compl- I was like riveted. I was yeah. like, this is just because And for me, you know, it was, of course, like a spectacle, you know, she flies and and there's monkeys and there's a dragon. And (laughs) but like at the same time, I was like, oh, my God, the the, I just can't believe that, like how good their voices are. That was for me, like as like as a musical person and like as someone who sang, I was like, oh, my God, like, how do they do this eight times a week? Because her voice was insane. And it was just like chills the entire time. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I started. And <laughs> I, I say it's a guilty pleasure because I, I still do really kind of love it. And I've seen it several times since. I mean, since. it's a very popular <laughs> yeah. show. There's nothing wrong with, like, in Wicked. Right? Yeah, well, there's, there is nothing wrong. But, like, I go back and see that. I have gone back to see the show with my dad. And I saw it on the St. Patrick's Day one time. And I'm like, there are some, like, moments where I'm like, this is problematic. These <laughs> lyrics are a little clanky. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just so much fun. Like, it's so much fun. And it's big singing. And yeah. You know, it's so that's great. funny because I only very recently saw it for the first time. It was I enjoyed it a lot. Where have you been? <laughs> I don't. I know, right? I, I saw it kind of late too. Yeah, I, I think maybe like eight years ago or something. Mm-hmm. But okay. it was like it had already been like running for a long yeah. time. What was your first show? My mine was Lion King. Oh, same. Yeah, when it was, but it was like early on. It was because mm-hmm. I went. I must have been only like eight years old. My parents took me. They, I guess they really trusted me or yeah. they thought I was not going to cause any trouble. And <laughs> I actually remember this, my, the second show I saw was The Sound of Music when it came back. I oh, with cool. um, Rebecca Luker? I don't remember specifically. It was it was in the late '90s. You got to dig out your playbill because yeah, I'm um, sure it's somewhere because my my mom saves like everything. So Broadway legend uh, Lara Benanti got her start in the sound of music as her understudy. So you should dig out your playbill and see oh. if you saw her. And now she's got like Tony Award and Tony That'd nomination, cool. and yeah, that would okay. be you yeah. Could say you were there. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. I just remember because I I think we had we were 
pretty close. We had pretty good seats, but there were kids in front of us that were like causing a lot of trouble. And I remember like we were pissed. But I, <laughs> I was like nine, so like, and I was like, this like this ruined the show. But like, oh. <laughs> children are the devil. Don't prep. Yeah, it was just it was just funny because like I was a child as well. But um, yeah, but so like the Lion, yeah, Lion King, King was my, the first one. Yeah. yeah. Funny enough, so Lion King was also my first one, and then the second musical I ever saw was Aida, which was also oh. a Elton John, Tim Rice. Uh, oh yeah kind of music lyrics kind of combo and i remember liking it i we saw it with um the guy from rent was i have no clue who was in it yeah i remember seeing it with like for some reason my uh, class went to go see that yeah but i remember really enjoying it Mm -hmm. that was very good you went with you went with your class yeah i guess this was so wait it came out in 2000 so i guess maybe in that time it was a, i was either in sixth or seventh grade maybe eighth yeah they took us to see les mis which i think was kind of weird i mean i like les mis i just think it was a weird show to take your class t- to see yeah i'm not sure like because really like it starts out with like you know like a down on their luck whore which is basically <laughs> what fantine be- fantine becomes yeah um but I think it's, I, again, like, I think it's such a classic, like, you know, that was the wicked of a different generation. Like, it was such a gateway musical for people who came of age in, you know, the 90s. It was like, um, yeah. and, and again, such like a, like Phantom, it has, it has name recognition. And, yeah. You know, everyone knows that, like, that iconic image of little Cosette, like, looking up. And yeah. um, plus, I think that was also, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it was all about the big British mega musical Phantom, mm-hmm. Les Mis, Miss Saigon, Cats, Starlight Express, a lot of Andrew Lloyd Webber. And, um, but that was, that. that was, you know, the style of then. It was like yeah. big sung through musicals that like had a lot of technical elements and like were like epics, if, yeah. if mm-hmm. you will. So, yeah. yeah one, Pe- people hate on Cats. I never, I, I never, never got it. the opportunity. I saw I like a high school. I love Cats. I saw, <laughs> I saw a high school production of it and I thought it was all right. Like I had no, I like went into it like, expecting not to like it because i had heard like so many bad things but i thought it was all right listen i have that dvd version that i have watched several oh, times i think i know what you're talking about adult. yeah, mm, they, yeah. F- they like they yeah. filmed a not not during one of the productions but like they took a bunch of like people from the cast like i think elaine page is in it and ken or there's a betty buckley one of the two um plays grisabella and i love that show I love it for what it was. It does have, it has no plot, but it wasn't, (laughs) I don't think it was ever designed to, it was a dance musical. You know, you, you, uh, went to see great dancing and like, and great costumes. And it's like a tourist who didn't speak a lick of English could go see it and still have a really joyous time. I love it. I just watched a few weeks ago. It's (laughs) really embarrassing (laughs) with my roommate. I've never seen it, but the only, the, like the memories I have, about it and that was, not supposed, that was not supposed to be a pun <laughs> is the movie Jersey Girl which I think I might be the only person that actually liked that Kevin Smith movie but in the in the movie the uh, Ben Affleck's daughter her class I guess they're all doing a talent show and they're all doing all the kids are doing uh, like scenes from plays or musicals and almost all oh. the kids end up doing the, the memory song for, uh, from Cats and then she ends up doing Sweeney Todd. I was going to say, <laughs> that's the movie where they go to see uh, Sweeney Todd yeah. and he's like horrified. I thought that was actually yeah. a funny scene. I, I like, actually like not If you don't know like what it is and you take your kid, like that's kind of funny. Right. Yeah, I actually liked that movie. So that whenever I think of Cats, I think of that movie and then you running around the apartment 
singing. I could sing that the, score from. What was it? The, the I always remember Jellicoe Cats. <laughs> oh, that's how yeah. the opening go. Like yeah. I don't, I can't remember the lyrics, but it's yeah. basically Jellicoe Cats over yeah. and over again. Like and yeah. and then they're like, you don't know what a Jellicoe Cat is, and I was like, I don't think anybody knows. What no. it is. I don't think Andrew Lloyd Webber knows what a Jellicoe Cat is. No. I don't think T. S. Eliot knows what a Jellicoe Cat is. Um, but. Yeah, I could sing that score backwards and forwards. Like, <laughs> I won't because I care about their listeners. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know what the rules for copyright are. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, don't know. I, I wouldn't fine. get half the lyrics right. Yeah. So. <laughs> but uh, so playing off, you, you were saying when, when you were seeing Lion King for the first time and you had mm-hmm. to deal with the annoying children no, in no, front this, of you. No, this no, this was for The Sound of Music. Oh, that was for The Sound yeah, of Music. we got to make My this bad. accurate. Gotcha. That yeah. was for The Sound of Music. Possibly I was thinking, with Marvin Ancy. What? Yeah, I gotta yes. find this out. Yeah. Yes, possibly. I was thinking, what do you guys find to be the most annoying thing about some of the fellow audience Everything. members? Everything. Oh my god. I no. I like. I have to get up on my soapbox. Yeah. Theater etiquette has just gotten absolutely insane, and I think it's just because. I mean, not to sound like a, you know, old auntie, but yeah. it's just we have the cell phones, and our attention spans mm, are yeah. not yeah. what they used to be, and we can't go a minute without checking a feed, and you know, it's it's run rampant in movie theaters but i feel like people have just given up they're like we're too tired to fight you anymore but you're spending like i said you're spending exorbitant amounts of money now to literally have this experience so like why throw it away why why talk during it why use your phone yeah why so like i mean my biggest pet peeve is if is is talking or like the phone because you, like, people think you can't see it, but you can. Like, in a completely mm-hmm. dark theater, especially with, like, sort of the lights reflecting back off from the stage, it makes it very apparent. It's also super distracting for the actors. I mean, you can go on any Broadway actor's Twitter feed and hear them be like, we can see you. We know that, like, <laughs> you're using your phone. Yeah. And it's just, like, if I'm if I'm an audience member and there's a moment going on stage that's, like, that is really communicating with me, the last thing I want to do is have it snapped out by somebody, like, with a little chirp. You know, mm-hmm. notification. Yeah, I mean, I wonder because a lot of comedians have started doing this, like a lot of the big ones where they actually have people, they like put their cell phones or like someone takes their cell phones before the show mm-hmm. and they get them back like af- at the end of the show right. so they're not like filming or anything. I wonder if they'll start doing something like that. I, I hope they do. I don't know yeah. what the, you know, with that many people because, you know, the yeah. largest Broadway house is, is just under 2,000 things yeah. and like it's already such right. a nightmare yeah. with like people like getting in and and whatnot and you know and then there's the complicated sounds um system so they can't like have like scramblers or anything so yeah. i don't know what it is but just please put your phones away like just just spend the two hours and like and and really like lean into it don't talk don't be late like come early have yeah. like a drink somewhere like i'll buy you the drink like come meet me <laughs> i will buy you the drink before your broadway show just so you don't have to like come in late when yeah. you know i it's it's all shitty, which makes me really upset because that's kind of like, you know, I'm an atheist, but that's kind of my church. And so <laughs> if I want to go in and have a religious experience and you're texting while I'm praying. That, that's <laughs> yeah, for me, the talking is it drives me nuts. I was seeing. Oh, that's weird. I don't know. I'm really hoping that that sound is just with our headphones and that's not actually. Um, that's coming off because it's yeah. sounding like very staticky. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm wondering if we should pause. Why don't we pause? Seconds. Why don't we take a pause and, and then, then see we'll how come it back and we'll I can right con- continue complaining about people talking.
And we're back. So, as I was saying before, we were talking about things that annoy us. That theater audio, etiquette, uh, don't. Yeah, theater, mm. exactly. Theater etiquette. And I noticed what happened in, I saw Jersey Boys, which I ended up really liking. And if you, if, I'm sure you're aware of it, uh, but anybody who's not, it's a, kind of like a documentary style of the Four Seasons. It's like a biopic, but biopic, a biomusical, yeah. I guess. So, and they like, <laughs> yeah. they talk, they have like, they, they have moments where they talk to the audience and stuff like that. And it's in this very kind of like Jersey kind of accent. So like they're t- telling, talking to the audience, like, hey, uh, things weren't really going our way until we came out with this one song. And this is the one song that got us, uh, it got us this big hit. And then they started playing it. And the woman behind me goes... Oh, it's that song? <laughs> and I'm just like, really? That's kind of perfect, though. Really, That's lady? That's really funny. I, I kind of do secretly. <laughs> like, I, I, I always scoff and act, like, very scandalized when when that happens. I'm like, oh. But, like, I kind of love when actors break the fourth wall and people talk back. Yeah. Um, because that means that they're, like, they're listening. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? They're, like, engaged and, like, they're so moved by the spirit or whatever that they're they're like, oh, this person is talking directly to me, which I think is what should happen yeah i went to see rent on it was a class trip actually so it must have been in high school you went to a really progressive high school i guess so (laughs) i guess so well because i was always part of like music stuff so like we'd Mm -hmm. go and um and i went with a bunch of people who had seen the show already and I guess a lot of other people in the theater had too. Oh, so God. people were like singing along. <laughs> I, that's what I was saying. Like a lot of rent heads. So like <laughs> I liked it and I liked this show. But I remember at the time just being like, I want to kind of like hear it and not have this this all going on. Like I just I don't want all the fans here. Like I just want to <laughs> yeah. enjoy the show. <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. When I don't think I've ever had anybody that I've been in the theater with sing along. Yeah. Um, that would drive me nuts. But um, but I have had like horror stories of people especially like when Mamma Mia was still playing with all the Apple oh, music. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Being like, oh, it's it was, I paid $350 to hear the person next to me, <laughs> Mamma Mia. Um, yeah, that would drive me crazy. Yeah, just, I think a good rule of thumb is to sit back, relax, and escape. Yeah. If you're going yeah. to the theater and like leave everything else off. Turn your phone off. It's polite. Unwrap your hard candies. Yeah. Arrive just... on time. Pee before, <laughs> like arrive on time so you can pee. Yeah. Oh, and then don't, and also, if you are, if you are a Broadway super fan and you go to the stage tour, you know, I'm not going to shame anybody for doing that. I get it. Like, sometimes you, like, just really want to say thank you to a performer, but don't leave during um, the curtain call. Like, that's, like. Oh, people do. I didn't realize people do that. People do. And, like, I feel like a lot of it, a lot of it is the the super fans who've seen the show so many times and they want to get that, like, prime spot at the barricades. Mm, Yeah. um, Or it's, like, tourists who have, like, a long day. But, like, you know, these they, these performers have just like they've given you a piece of themselves like let like give them the you don't have to give a standing ovation like if you don't want to stand if you that's fine but like give them their due like they yeah. that's what they've been you know not that that's what they've been working for but they deserve it like they right. deserve it's like so don't leave during the current call it, it's all very selfish it's like you want to just get your you want to get your signature you want to get your selfie or whatever right. it is like and i get it because it's like a nightmare leaving the the theater like with all of those people trying to go and some yeah. of them are like older and they like and you know it's it, i hate it i hate it but like it never takes me like very long to get out of the theater like maximum 10 minutes and that's the max like yeah. you, just mm-hmm. stay for the curtain call enjoy i thought it was weird i went to see waitress which that was incredible that was an amazing show 
and the the show was over and everybody's kind of leaving and then there were just a few people that just kept singing the songs and there's a part of me that's just like they do it better off on stage why are you well at least they waited till the end well yeah it was after the show (laughs) i guess it's okay right (laughs) that is true get it out of them that is true but yeah there's a part of me that was just like why are you singing this right now i get it it's catchy but Stop it. (laughs) I have a weird thing when I go see musicals that I don't want to know any of the songs before Mm. I see it. Unless it's like something I'm already familiar with. You know, like when I used to go with like my family, you know, my sister would like get the album beforehand and like listen to everything. And I kind of want to go into it just to kind of see like, well, I just like it off the bat, you know, and Mm. then kind of listen to it after. And I kind of like that, that whole experience. Like, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Like just going in. You like to go with, in fresh. Yeah, without knowing. Like I didn't like. There's even like shows that have been around for a while. Like even Wicked. I knew like generally oh, sure, yeah. like what it was, what it was about. But I didn't know like the twists. I guess. Yeah. I think when I was younger, beca- because I didn't have regular access to the city. Like of course I like memorized the whole show. Yeah. Um, now I think it's a little different. Um, I generally like to know, uh, like. Not even necessarily about the show, but like creative team or, mm-hmm. or and you know the actors involved and stuff. I definitely like to know that, um, and and just because I've um, seen enough shows, I like to if if it's a you know a you know a Sondheim show, I know like uh, his style of music, and I know to pay closer attention to like the lyrics, or if it's an Andrew Lloyd Webber show, or um, you know or whatever. But generally, I don't really. Um, like listen to cast recordings before anymore yeah um i generally do have to go back because i'm not i i miss a lot of lyrics myself um yeah um but and especially with like the sung through shows you can miss big plot plot points yeah um or like with hamilton you know it goes by so fast that sometimes you don't know what they're saying and so um but you know i generally like to go in and just kind of see what hits me because then afterwards, I'm like, I loved that one song that that one character said. And I go and, like, I download the album and I, like, right. do yeah. And so, like, but if I was already doing that for months before, I'm like, yeah. Well, that's kind of how, <laughs> when I saw Spring Awakening, I didn't really know much about it. I'd heard, like, the one song, I guess, that was on the Tony Awards that mm-hmm. they did a performance. And then afterwards was just listening to it, listening yeah. to the album over and over because it's really good. So I kind of like that, like discovering it through the show. Well, and I think that's how, you know, the medium is is the live theater part. So right. like having the album is great because it's like, you know, the music is preserved that way. But but it's it will never like, again, replicate that experience and of where those actors were on that day and where you were on that day mm-hmm. and like what technical malfunctions, you know. Right, yeah. We had. I saw the, I think it was... It was either the first or the second preview of If Then, which was Adina Menzel's like big, I would say, safe to say her like big return to the New York stage. It was after Frozen. It was after Adele Dazeem. Um, <laughs> and so I saw the, and so she came back in this Tom Kitt and Brian Yorkie musical called If Then, um, and they did Next to Normal. And it was like, it was magical, first of all, to have be seeing her on stage for the first time, especially being such a good fan. Um, but also just like, Seeing somebody, like, clearly she had been with this project since the very beginning. Everything, like, fit so well into her voice and, like, it played to her strengths. But it was the second preview and they had this, like, you know, big rotating turntable. And, like, um, it was the scene where she, uh, she's talking to, like, the city planner and there's all the city stuff going on. And all this technical stuff started going wrong. And they just dropped their lines and she's like, what? And you could hear like this whispering, and then and she turns to the audience. And she's like, "Just one second, guy!" And like you know, oh, you wow. you never would 
that wouldn't be any other night except like right. maybe a preview. Yeah. Um, although coincidentally, I saw the um, I saw another performance. It was Adina's first night out. She was she had gotten sick and I or she had gotten sick the night before and she called she she didn't do the second act. Okay. Um, and her standby Jackie Burns, who is I saw in Hair and Wicked, she was, she's incredible. Uh, was standing by for her and I was like, oh, I gotta get a ticket to this because I think she's phenomenal and she's gonna be so great. And so I went to this matinee performance specifically to see her. Um, also, like, weird fact they were saying because Adina was such a selling point for the show, they were standing out offering refunds and they're like, but if you stay and see the show, we'll also give you a free ticket to another performance. Oh, oh. And I marched up to the window and I was like, I'm here specifically to see Jackie. Like, <laughs> I already seen the show. She was phenomenal. But again, a turntable thing happened. Um when she's like, she's with the romantic lead intimately and then she goes in the bathroom and sort of has this like song where she's like, what the fuck? Um, and the turntable didn't happen and it happened like such a, like such a pro, she just like stepped out and like delivered this, um, the song like on the proscenium and like the turntable just like burst into flames or whatever it did and they were like, we gotta stop, Jackie. Go on. <laughs> it was amazing. But like that is something like, you know, nobody else, you know, other people did see that performance, but it's, like, something that, like, oh, well, I remember I was there. Yeah, it's no. not, you know, the regular thing. And that's, like, the joy. I mean, like, going back to Wicked, I sound so basic right now. Going back to <laughs> Wicked, though, that infamous, you know, that sort of, like, theater lore is that the night before Adina's um, last performance is she broke her rib from the track door. Do you guys know this story? No. no. Um, so it was her, it was, like, it must have been a Saturday night show and she must have been slated to her final performance to be a Sunday matinee, but there's, um, you know, the melting scene, she goes through a trap door mm -hmm. and I guess so, like she stepped, the, the trap door wasn't like, a, uh, or had already started going down and she stepped onto it and broke her rib. Oh, snap. Um, and so everybody who had bought tickets to see her last show got the standby who happened to be Shoshana Bean and was going to be taking over. Um, and, but then she came out like for the very last scene, um, in this like red tracksuit and it's like you know this infamous thing and you can find it on YouTube I'm sure but like only a certain amount of people will have ever gotten to experience that live you right, know what right. I mean? yeah having like being like oh I bought tickets for Adina's last show and like and she's not in it but then she comes out not in costume just as her and like it's amazing and then the the people who had no idea what was going on being like what is happening tonight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's great so, yeah. I have noticed that there are a few shows that I've been to where there's been a stand-in and they've been absolutely incredible and i'm just only thinking like if their stand-in is this good how how amazing is the the person who does that who normally does this every night well, i feel like the majority of people on broadway are oh. insanely talented oh yeah sure. you know what absolutely. i mean um i think it's just like you know i i think maybe to like civilians there's like this sort of notion that being like for example in the ensemble is like less than but like there's a um you know, a great podcast about all of that that you can look up. But, um, you know, everyone on the, you know, the, the people that make up the ensemble have the the chops to, like, lead their own Broadway shows. It's just sort oh, of, sure. like, where their career ended up or where they chose to be. You know, maybe they're, may, yeah. they might be, like, really, really strong dancers. And it's, like, that's what they get hired to do because, mm -hmm. like, choreographers know that they're, like, oh, if I hire this person, like, I'm going to be able to do so much more, you know. And that's just, and that's how you build your ensembles. But, like, I, I think that, like, any anybody who has made it to the or I shouldn't say anybody for the most part anybody who has made it to like that stage where they're on Broadway is like is a phenomenal oh, talent yeah. and that's they why you have like quote unquote you know unknowns 
um, mm-hmm. standing in for huge names like mm-hmm. Adina Menzel and Sutton Foster and all that, all that stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, sometimes names are just part of the draw, too. Right. We all have names, theater producers. <laughs> I God. hate that. <laughs> they're like, we need to get a name. And I'm like, yeah. we all have names. <laughs> but I, 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 I hear what you are saying because, like I said, Broadway musicals are so expensive. And... Um, and and it's different with like plays because almost all plays are done as limited engagements because mm, you know yeah. it's a very touristy thing to go see a Broadway musical but plays and so getting like huge Hollywood stars is one thing, um, but if you look at like the past several years it's like to create an original musical that's going to be successful from the ground up you really need that sort of those like those Broadway veterans like look at mm-hmm. Hamilton most successful I was just, show think, I was just of, thinking about that yeah no names. Darvin Hansen, same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, what are the, what, uh, Kinky Boots was big, you know, no Broadway names or tons of Broadway names, no Hollywood names. And then like a few years down when ticket sales are going, that's a great time to start stunt casting. Like, right. you know, fine. But like to build, to get that foundation, I feel like you just need people who, who like know it like the back of their hand, like what mm-hmm. it means to create an original show. And then later, if, you know, so-and-so famous person wants to do it, great. I think that's worthwhile. But I think you really need to, just just as if we all had a template to do of anything Meryl Streep does, we would be 10 times better. Like, if we all had a template to do, to drive like Meryl Streep, we would be amazing drivers. Same thing. It's like, let the Broadway people give you the template and then bring it. And then bring them in. Yeah. Right. That makes any sense. I feel like I just said No, no, no. <laughs> I get that. It's funny, like, thinking about, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he did In the Heights, and that right. when he was completely unknown. He was, like, I mean, he was right. in his 20s, and it was his first show, and that kind of, I mean, that blew him up to stardom within, like, the Broadway community, I mm-hmm. feel like, because he they got the Tony and everything. Right. And then, like, Hamilton comes, and he's mm-hmm. now he's, like, worldwide celebrity. Right, for sure. So, like, that in itself, like, that built him up to celebrity. And I guess the same for, like, Adina Menzel at this point. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Like, I guess she I, I would was... say she's, like, pretty well-known across the country. Oh, for sure. Um, and, like, and then with Wicked, I think it just took it to a whole new level. I mean, yeah. And obviously she was in Rent, so she already had sort of that That's right, crazy right, fan yeah. base. Um, but... Yeah, I just think that if you if you just trust if if theater producers would just trust in the people who like nobody gets into this business for the money, nobody gets into this quote unquote for the fame because mo- like most Broadway performers you couldn't name off the top of your head yeah. like to the to the regular person mm-hmm. myself included like mm-hmm. um you don't get into it for the money, you don't get into the fame, you get it into it because you love it. And so if you just like kind of trust that like I think there would be more sort of lightning in the bottle moments as opposed to like constantly trying to capture it and I'm like it doesn't work right. like that. Yeah. I think whatever. No. Spring Awakening is another great example. It's like yeah. look at like Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff like they've like exploded but like they you know Leah Michelle was has was a Broadway child actor but like Jonathan Groff they like they were like <laughs> encouraged to drop out of college like he was like yeah. on his way to university and he was like they're like no do this Broadway show and you know <laughs> You just kind of, I think, you need that foundation to really build an original musical. Makes sense to me. Yeah, and they, and they were great. And look I, at Book of Mormon, too. Yeah. That's another yeah. great oh, yeah. example. Look at Andrew Reynolds and Josh Gad and, mm-hmm. and yeah. even Rory O'Malley. Like, like all those people. Then, you know, obviously the appeal was Trey Stone and, right? Trey Stone? Yeah. And that, uh, uh, Trey, Trey Parker, Trey Parker, Parker and, and Matt Stone. I do that too, though. I get <laughs> I get the names mixed I'm up. I'm a gay too. person, so I don't. Know. <laughs> um, but like th- those are the names. But like they didn't go for like huge megastars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Hmm. But I mean that show. 
Oh my god, that yeah. that's like the funniest thing I've seen. It's very good for me. I don't. Do you have a favorite show? That's, that's like I know it's like a hard question because like I don't know if I have. One. Um, I can give you top three. Okay, um, okay that's good. Because I love. I just you know I can never choose. I think um, cabaret. I would probably say is usually my go to answer. Oh, nice. Just because I think um, I love that show because I think it has indefinite possibilities. Um, mm-hmm. sort of in the perf- the performances take and in a directorial standpoint if you look at like um you know the the one i think most people are familiar with is the 1998 um um mendez staging with alan cumming and natasha richardson okay, which yeah. was brought back in 2014 with alan cumming again and michelle williams um and it's so iconic now but i think what a lot of people forget is that the original staging with joel gray was yeah. also so iconic there's a wonderful book making a cabaret that if anyone's interested um, reading it, but it, you know, both of those stagings are so vastly different and yet they're so like indelible that I just, I can't wait until like in another 20 years when some other directors like, okay, let's completely redo it. Like what that's going to be, because I think the show just lends itself well to that. I also love the idea of a concept musical. So, um, that it, for, you know, for anyone not familiar with that a concept musical is like Chicago or cabaret mm-hmm. or okay. the spider woman yeah. where, um, the show happens in the book scenes and then there are perform the numbers are performative and yet they 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 speak to what just happened in the book scenes so um yeah so i love that um i would also say another one is light in the piazza um because i think that score is just gorgeous um i think adam gettle is is um incredible and you know it gave us dame kelly o'hara um so I love Kelly that show. O'Hara, which I think I saw her in something. I you probably she, have. She is in like the King and I. The for, King and I. Yeah. Tony Award winning. There you go. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Kelly O'Hara is like is is um broad. I think Broadway's go to soprano with you know all the merits because she's phenomenal. But Pajama Game, um, Light in the Piazza, uh, uh, Nice Work if you can get it, Bridges of Madison County, um, King and I. Um, I'm probably missing. She has a billion credits. She's yeah. phenomenal. Um, but that was really sort of her entree into being a leading lady, I think. Um, and that show is just really complex about a mother-daughter relationship, so I love that one. And um, my third one would have to be... I'm going to throw in a play because I haven't, and I mm-hmm. love... And I already mentioned it, but Significant Other was just, you know, so beautiful. Um, that, And and I, I think we should all be ashamed to live in a world where... Gideon Glick didn't even get a Tony nomination for that, like, like bad Tony committee. I'm going to pretend I know what you're talking about. <laughs> God damn. No, it's... Damn them for not getting away. I know. It was just, I mean, it was a phenomenal play. So I just think that's like my top three. Yeah. Nice. Do you have one? Do I have a top? Um, I don't know. That's really hard because... I don't know. Uh, even, or just a favorite one. I mean, yeah, it's hard. I loved hair. I thought that was a lot of fun yes. when I saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like probably the most fun I've ever had at a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember like like the comedy ones. Like I always like the producers. Avenue Q, I always think is hilarious, and that's one I can listen to and still funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Book of Mormon, and uh, yeah, I mean, In the Heights was a great one. I, I I think now like my my parents used to take us a lot to like the classic ones, mm-hmm. so we would go see like Guys and Dolls yeah. and like stuff like that, which was like fine. But I was never like super into those. I wanted to see like the newer stuff, yeah. like so. That for me, like we saw like a chorus line, which was fun, but like it wasn't what I was like super into. So I would say like, yeah, maybe more like now, like Book of Mormon. The last one I saw, I think, 
It's either the color purple, which was great. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And that was one too, where there was a lot of like, I don't want to say audience participation, but it was like a very like lively crowd, but it was like a fun, lively crowd. Yeah. It was really good. And it was, uh, so, so that one, and what was the other one? I said Book of Mormon. Oh, I saw Matilda. Mm-hmm. Pretty oh, recently. I to see that. I saw it like in its last weeks, I think. Yeah. One of the last weeks. It wasn't, it was actually pretty good. It was like yeah. a fun, fun one. Well, it's funny because Matilda was coming over again, another British invasion musical, um, and like that was like supposed to be the musical that like swept the Tonys and like the critics were like, yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know it, what I mean? And was... like you bet, ended up, I think being the year of Kinky Boots that year. Um, yeah. When did it open? 2013? Well, didn't Wicked didn't win like. Wicked did not win. It lost to Avenue musical. Q, right? Um, it like won everything else. But yeah. Well, the funny thing is, you know, we think about that as a huge mega musical, but like it was not well received by critics out of town. It was, yeah. not, you know, it got like a very lukewarm review from. Um, Ben Brantley, um, which I think just goes to show also like the age we're in. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, in the olden days, you know, (laughs) uh, the articles would come out that night and everyone would wait up to be like, oh, are we posting our closing notice tomorrow? Can we continue the party? Um, But like, and even though like a good review helps, I don't think a bad review is killer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you you think about movie musical? Both you guys, movie musicals. It's like it's, um, it's hard to do because I feel like there's a there's a couple that I like, but most of them I think like I mean you're always gonna say like the stage show is better if you've seen it. Are yeah. you talking about when they like adapted like they made the Les Mis or yeah? Um, well, there's they did Rent. Yeah, but they're all different though because mm-hmm. the thing now is like well they used to do vocal dubbing back in like the right, 60s. Like West Side Story. And I read mm-hmm. this article that said that like it was making a case to bring back vocal dubbing. Or oh, how they about should. a case just to like um, give um, give the roles to people who have chops? I think it goes again back to like sure, yeah. Like let I did not see the Les Mis movie. I have seen some of the songs, and that that does have a mix of like you know Samantha. Um, I'm pretty, I think her last name is Barks was Eponine and Aaron Tveit, and like it did have, but like Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe, <laughs> yeah. and, and you know even Hugh Jackman is a vet, veteran of Broadway musicals, yeah. But like not. I don't think he would also call himself the strongest singer. And I certainly no. think you need one to play Jean Valjean. And I just, I think especially in that instance, there, you know, the whole thing was like, oh, we want to make this really raw and intense like movie. So like, you know, it's all about the acting and like the mm-hmm. vocals are less important. I was like, well, you know, um, there are people who could, who could do both, right? Uh, <laughs> like, I completely well, agree with you, but it's all about the studios and they yeah. want to sell it. And it, that's, right. that's what it always comes down to. Yeah. And that's, and I that's get what the money thing, but like, Look yeah. at, like, why wasn't Leah Michelle considered for any of those roles? Oh, why wasn't yeah. Jonathan Groff? Like, you know, like Absolutely. I said, there's, it's, we live in a different time now. And I think, like, if you, like, watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which I'm not super familiar with, I, I've caught the show before, and it's, like, Rachel Bloom really knows how to do, like, a musical number that makes mm-hmm. sense on screen. Mm-hmm. Because I think about, you know, people talk a lot about the differences between what it means to, like, act in the theater and what it means to act on um, film. And Lara Benanti said something um, that's really... She's like, it's just all in a dial. It's, like, all stems from truth. But you just, like... You know, when you're in the theater, you have to go... You push your dial a little bit more this way. Yeah. And I just think when you do these live musicals, that dial setting is wrong for mm-hmm. most of them. I think yeah. Rob Marshall's Chicago is, like... A, is a, Should be, like, the template of a good movie That's musical. probably the best, I think. Right. And yeah. I think... Um, I don't even know who did Nine, but that one should be... The template of what not to do <laughs> yeah. um and um you know so there are like hits and misses yeah. and yeah 
It's a tough I one. think if you're going to do movie musicals, because we have like a long history in this country of doing them, like, you know, um, you know, Singing in the Rain and sure. White Christmas and all of those great classics, but like, they're just not, I, I think they, I think they want to make them different, mm-hmm. which I get that the sort of medium necessitates that, but I think they want to make them not a Broadway musical. And I was like, well then why, yeah. what's the point? Right. But. Well, it's sort of, I, I've mentioned this before, and it's it's not 100% related, but it's close enough where they're taking a lot of the Disney animated stuff, which has v- musical aspects mm-hmm. to it, and they're doing the live stuff. So, mm-hmm. like, Beauty and the Beast, love the animated version, mm-hmm. and then they get Emma Watson, who, she's, she's a good uh-huh. act, actress, but, like, she, it, it, it reeked of auto-tune. Yeah. And it was like I you, didn't see it. Neither did like, I. I yeah. try to stay away from that stuff. Yeah. yeah, just like kind of. And it was just like you had like this amazing thing in in an animated version where you had actual singers and a musical well, version. Angela, yeah. Angela Lansbury like took a shit all over it. Like she had this <laughs> yeah, like yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, and she and has these awards and as a day, right? Yeah. And don't she's they like also 95. have <laughs> Beauty and the Beast is now a Broadway show. Same thing with like Aladdin and like well, Beauty, yeah, and, the Beauty and the Beast was, was yeah, yeah. 1994. It closed in I think like 2008 or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, it has yeah. like a you know Disney has a long reputation and now with Frozen and, mm-hmm. and Aladdin of course and there was Little Mermaid and Tarzan and all those yeah. shows. So like yeah, you can make it work but that's because because you have actual singers doing right. the the live act, the live version. I, I mean, I didn't see it. I don't you, know if it's how good it is. I think I and I'm I don't I'm not I don't really get it. Like it, I I must be missing something, and maybe it is just sort of that bottom line. But then again, people all like the the consensus for a lot of these has been like, oh, this is garbage. Um, yeah. so <laughs> I just think if you're gonna make a musical, why are you like, yeah, but the the music isn't the important part. I'm like, but I don't understand why not. Like, yeah, yeah, or like. I, I don't know. It, it doesn't make much sense to me. Well, but. it's like when they did the producer's movie, like the new one. Mm-hmm. Oh, music, yeah. Because I love the original movie. And right. then they did, and then I love the show. Mm-hmm. So then went to see the movie. I said, oh, it's all like the same cast, basically, with right. like they edited in like Will Ferrell and Uma Thurman, right. I think, to like get, you know, put more names in there again. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it was like the same cast. I'm like, oh, so it'll be great. And the movie was like weird. Yeah. Because it seemed like they were doing. Well, like Matthew Broderick was like, it was like he was overacting mm-hmm. for a movie where like it might have worked on stage. Like it did. I mean, he was good on stage, but for the movie, it just like didn't fit. Yeah. I don't know. I never saw the producers live. I have seen the yeah. movie though. Um, the, the musical movie or the, original? the musical movie. Okay. Um, and yeah. I, I, I would just assume that doing that show as also as long as I did, because I know they did their original contracts and I believe both of them came back yeah. and just like having it in your body in a certain way must be hard. Yeah. Like it, it almost seems like, oh, like, and for a fan of the show, like I can't, like, you know, seeing the Rent movie, I was like, oh my God, thank God I get to see almost all the original cast. But yeah. at the same time, it like doesn't really work because, or I, and I feel like it, most people would agree that the Rent movie just didn't really, it just seems kind of like blah compared to yeah, the show I, because it, <laughs> You, if you create something from the ground up in a specific way and then you have to like sort of recreate it, it like yeah. loses the original magic. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I like give them credit for trying and at least bring back like the original cast. Like mm-hmm. they had like all those things working for it. But yeah, as a movie, it was like, eh, 
It was okay. <laughs> right. Especially because that's also another, you know, it's a rock opera and that's another sung through movie that they turned into a... That they, yeah, exactly. Just jammed a new dialogue mm-hmm. and I just don't think it... And that's, and that's like really like the charm of Rent is that it's a sung through musical because mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of stuff like in between that's like really good and funny and right. tra- like there's just a lot more to it that's left out of the movie. Mm-hmm. For sure. So you, you don't get the whole thing if you're just seeing the movie. Yeah. There is like a live, there's like one of those like concert live... Um, things that they did like where they filmed it with oh, the, the original last ca- performance yeah. yeah with the original cast and like mm. that's that's a good thing mm-hmm. like that's good i would watch that probably over the movie mm-hmm. okay yeah cool. with i mean for all you people looking out there you know renee elise goldsberry who won the tony award for playing angelica in hamilton was the final mimi on broadway so if you want to go see some old oh, performance okay. footage of her she's phenomenal um i actually listened to an interview with her because she was talking about, like, the difference between originating role and replacing role. And she's like, when you replace a role, you get to steal from the best. And, like, especially Ren huh. was, like, what, 10 years on Broadway or something? Yeah. More. She's like, all my Mimi was stolen from this person. Because I watched them because I understudied the role first. And I'm like, I, but I kind of love that. Like, that, yeah. Because there's, so, yeah. you know, when you're creating a role, there's no, there's only what's on the page. But, like, why mm. wouldn't you, like, be like, oh, this person is doing this and this is amazing. Like, why won't, I know it's going to be different because I'm a different person. So, like. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> so quick question. It's a um, diverting a little bit from these these amazing things. I wanted to talk about the the guys that try to help you out at the ticket booth. And every single time I went to the ticket booth, they all recommended that I see Musical the Musical. Are you talking about TKTS? Yes. Yes. Not the ticket. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> TK. What did you call it? TKTS. Yes. Yeah. By the theater development. They every single time they recommended me seeing Musical the Musical, and I'm. Th- got to the point where I'm thinking, are they being paid to to tell me to go see this? Because then eventually I did go see it, and it was just okay. Wait, is that Dr. Seuss? or? Oh, no, no. no. The, no that, I'm thinking of Seussical right. the Musical. Yeah. <laughs> musical the Musical, and I can't remember the what 100% what he said. Um, it got like, some people like, really liked it. This one guy described it, it was kind of like The Daily Show, but without like... John Stewart to like it, it was just like without like everything good that John Stewart provides to the Daily Show, it's kind of they kept describing it as like SNL or like the Daily Show kind of stuff like that. They take whatever has gone on throughout the the last twelve months and kind of do parodies on the news. Oh, okay. And it's eh, I don't, it's all right. I wouldn't but be every interested single, in seeing yeah, that probably. But every single time I was at that the TKTS. TKTS, yeah. yeah. Every time I was there, they were like, you should see Musical the Musical. It's so funny. And I'm like, I went to see it. Eh, wasn't well, that funny. I'd like to, th- you know, probably it is that like, you know, the musical, the musical people, flyer people are always out there and they probably have a report or whatever <laughs> and they want to get ticket sales. But what I'd like to believe is that just like, you know, there's so much great stuff off Broadway. There's so, especially mm-hmm. like new plays yeah. that like, and you know, the problem is, is like, it, that's a great space for playwrights and composers and stuff to um cultivate their new work like in a in in a, in a little less of a critical lens mm-hmm. there's just no money in it and sure. so it's like we yeah. need and you know patty lapone says this amazing thing she's like new work has to be criticized or else it can't grow mm-hmm. but it has to be supported like you okay. can't just yeah. be like you know what i mean so like yes of course like it needs to be you know improved upon and like if you don't like it that's one thing but it has to be but you have to support it and there just there literally is no support mm-hmm. financially and so i think you know 
if you can't get a ticket to Hamilton, go see what's going on at Rattlestick, which is doing amazing work. I mean, obviously, um, uh, 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 the public where Hamilton started is, you know, the pinnacle, but the Atlantic Theater Company, like, there's so much great work below Times Square that, and and then you get to say you saw it first. Yeah. Like, when it becomes huge. I mean, the band's visit was right around the corner from where I work, and Tony Shalhoub would come in after the show and, oh, snap. and do work, and, you know, that was, like, this sort of critic's darling this, this season. Um, and, like, or, and imagine, like, people who went to see Hamilton at the public, they're like, oh, I don't need to get a ticket, you know, now, <laughs> yeah. but, like, or, or people who saw Book of Mormon at um, uh, New York Theater Workshop or Peter yeah. the Starcatcher there. You know, there's so much great work off Broadway and it just needs to be supported. Yeah, yeah Please. You, <laughs> you should, after, I guess, after the show, maybe or give some recommendations of off Broadway yeah. stuff because I'd actually like to go. Oh, definitely. I've seen, seen, I've been so, I'm like preaching and I've been so not seeing <laughs> anything. Um, but just like, I mean, great theaters to check out and to support our um oh i have to plug um um i'll plug honest accomplice theater um which is i was uh it's run by maggie keenan bolger and for all my broadway fans listening it's um celia keenan bolger and andrew keenan bolger's sister and she's like kind of doing god's work it's a theater company that addresses um um, women's issues and issues for the lgbtq community and they do a lot of like um um, pieces on what it means to be trans and um, and they had a great show called The Birds and the Breeze Birds and the Bees Unabridged I think it was I might be getting it wrong um, but anyway they're like combining theater and activism which I think is when it really hits awesome. a sweet spot so so like them and all of their stuff on social media they're great um, but like Rattlestick is a great theater company um, uh, 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 Atlantic Theater Company of course um New York Theater Workshop, like those are the places where a lot of like your big favorite, you know, big favorite Broadway shows came out of. And so, That's very cool. Um, so go see Off Broadway. Cool. Oh, and especially um, whatever Lincoln Center does in their and their um, the Mitzi Newhouse, I think it is. Um, what's their Off Broadway Theater called? I don't know. Lincoln Center's Off Broadway Theater is great too, and the ra- Roundabout <laughs> Underground and all that stuff. Go see Off Broadway. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's like something I need to do. Yeah, I, I think I've seen maybe one Off Broadway show yeah. like years Especially ago. Especially if you're not into the music. Some people are yeah. just like Ugh, musical, blah blah. Like mm-hmm. such great plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, such amazing. I've plays. only seen three. One of them being Musical the Musical. The other one Avenue Q, which at one point in time was brought on Broadway. Right, it's if, Off Broadway now. Right, yeah. and then Drunk Shakespeare. That was fun. That was pretty cool. Drunk Shakespeare. Yeah, potentially. They, I guess it's like drunk history. Yeah, it's, but, yeah. yeah. What it, people get what it sounds people like. take various <laughs> shots and they recite Shakespeare. Which I mean, I don't honestly don't know too much Shakespeare. You so, don't know sober Shakespeare. So granted, so. yeah. So I don't know if they were doing it correctly, but everybody seemed to be like impressed. So I was oh, like, oh, fun. all right, this is cool. There was a show at um, oh god, what was it? Called? I can't remember what it was called. It was like it was um. It was very much like a interactive show, like um, Here Lies Love or Sleep No More at Ars Nova, I think it was last year, about like, but it was like K-pop centric. And I think that is like, like if you want to like, and especially if you want to go out and, ha- and like have an experience and sort of like see your money at work, those shows are like becoming very popular. Obviously Sleep No More was a huge hit and probably now is a, you know, tourist nightmare, but, or Here Lies Love was so great. Um, but like, that is something that like, you can absolutely do and be like, okay, I feel like I got my money's worth. Is it? Cause I know some people are like, I don't want to see a stuffy intellectual play. And I'm like, fine, whatever. But like, you can do, um, those kinds of things. Cause those are like really big. And like, we, you can't really do them 
in Broadway houses. There, too, there would be too many people. I mean, I know right. like there's on stage seating, like with Spring Awakening, and like <laughs> yeah, and you know, or like with once like the pre-show like little concert and mm-hmm. um, or so yeah, if you go see off Broadway, I said it a thousand times. Cool. <laughs> if you don't get it by now, <laughs> yeah, I like right. it. That's a good way to yeah. I think that's a good way to to wrap it up. Yeah, but this was this was a lot of fun. We got to do this again. Absolutely, so fun. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thanks for stopping by. I don't know if that was sarcasm, but no, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. right. Thanks, Beyonce. You're welcome. All right. Definitely come back soon. And thank you everyone for listening. And please uh, check out all those um, off Broadway theaters that JP mentioned. Yeah, Yeah, and support them for sure. I think I'm gonna do that. Cool. Yeah. All right. Peace.